what is up y'all happy holidays i hope everyone enjoyed their time with their families if you did that if not you know props to you hope you enjoyed your time and had a little bit of a time to reflect and see how this year's treated you what you can do moving forward next year and how that all plays out you know so today you're going to be listening to myself and dr jared hoffman he is the lead specialist over at Hoffman Chiropractic here at Boynton Beach, Florida. I chose Dr. Hoffman because he has a really well-rounded approach to his chiropractic care. He's um, something I'd call more of a, a holistic approach, which is awesome. He looks into the nutritional aspect. He also looks at just the base fundamentals of what goes into your health. So he specializes in elite athlete care, sports rehab. He's a family chiropractic. And it's cool to see a guy that not only knows the the human body, but also knows the higher functioning human body that elite athletes bring in. So he works with some cool guys down here, guys and gals that work in the NFL, some UFC guys. We'll keep it at that for now. But this show is filled with a lot of cool stuff on uh, Dr. Jared's personal story and also some of the things we can learn about your spine, mobility, and taking care of that thing because something he alluded to me was that you only get one spine. Think about that. So don't fuck it up. Take as best care as you can with it. And we go into some of those things on the show, you know, morning stretches, things you could do throughout your day to make sure that spine is popping, that good pop, you know. Without further ado, enjoy the show. All right, we are back again. Another episode of Sheik Speaks. This is going to be round two with Dr. Hoffman over here because Michael's still learning. We're learning you got to press record on audio and video sometimes. So a little disclaimer here, but thank you again for of course, of your course. second appearance on the show. Not a problem. So I'm excited to be here for the second time. Exactly. So if you could kind of dive into, um, let's go into your origin story and how you started at Hoffman Chiropractic. Sure. Um, the origin, I grew up in Boca del Rey. Um, very influential with strong knit family. Um, my mom always pushed for greatness and she's, um, always backed me from no matter what. Um, uh, my father is one of my greatest role models. Um, he is my mentor in chiropractic and kind of how to, um, really be very patient driven, um, and, uh, maintain focus in the field, um, and continue successful in other my journey of 40 years as he's been 40 years successful. Um, I have a sister who has microcephaly, um, which means she has a smaller brain. Um, the doctors told her that she would have the inability to walk or talk. Um, but watching how my parents have pushed and pushed and pushed, she's been able to start walking and, um, she can do some sort of signing for what she wants. So it's been a big success and perseverance has pushed through and showed me kind of never to give up on anything. Um, and, um, essentially that kind of brought up who I am, um, for Hoffman chiropractic, um, 
My family started it as ABC Chiropractic from 1981. My father's been practicing since 1979. Um, when him and my mom built this um, kingdom together, um, it was always family practice. And um, they did ABC Chiropractic because it was first in the Yellow Pages because um, just based off al alphabet. And um, when I was in school, my parents actually never had a website. I forgot to tell you on the first podcast, but my parents never had a website. Um, and I knew it was important to build a website. So while I was in school, I built a website. And I'm thinking ABC Chiropractic resonates nothing with me. Um, I'm very proud of our name. And to me, reputation is everything. So um, at first, it was going to be Hoffman Chiropractic Family and Wellness Center because I would want a family and wellness center. But I spoke to my accountant. She said, you want to keep it short and simple? And I was like, Hoffman Chiropractic is perfect. So we built the logo, built the website. And um, part of me wanted to bring a sports medicine side to my father's practice. Not only that, but um, to kind of modernize some things and kind of freshen things up. Um, before um, we were kind of running desktop, I kind of put Apple in there and um, keep the same patient first approach, but kind of the 2020, I guess not 2020, but the modern edge. Right. The 21st century. 21st century. Exactly. Approach. One thing I, I actually thought of in the little break time in between, uh, I don't know too many people that have a family business. So what's it like when you were coming up and like you thought of these different changes to do, like you said, a website, like sure. in other family businesses you hear of, like you just get shut down immediately and you understand like it's someone else's baby they spent the hard time doing it so they might not want to hear from someone that doesn't have much input in it but what was your experience having a family business i'm super blessed my parents are very open they understand i have really good ideas and the few ideas that i implemented initially started to run with and um essentially you know when you have one success you know keep pushing and keep pushing and um I like to say we had a really fine-tuned 2000 Windows computer, and I turned it into a 2020 Mac. You know, like I made it super efficient, and um, marketing to me is key. Um, I love social media in, the, in that sense. I never had an Instagram. One of my buddies, when I first came out, said, you got to have a business Instagram. Um, and it's a great way for people to see what I do and show how much I care. And I try to use that platform in integrating on some of the um, – health information and kind of wellness stuff to show what's going on and how you could be healthier. Um, but yeah, my parents are super open-minded, so I'm blessed in that sense where they're like, you know, um, whatever ideas you have, we're, we're willing to grow, you know. That's awesome because you hear a lot of like horror stories sometimes with family businesses that it's, it's still a family business and you love them at the end of the day, but stuff gets business brutal. Business is business. There's definitely times where, you know, there's – I wouldn't say pushback and ideas, but, you know, with any family, you know, sometimes it's just a lot of time together. Um, but I've always been super close. I love my family. I love, you know, family, again, is everything to me. And a lot of the patients we see here kind of fit, like, you know, you start to see them enough, it almost becomes like a family. Um, and definitely with these athletes, you know, it's like a, it's a different level of, because it's total body, you know, they become part of your family as well. So, um, it's definitely something I'm super passionate about. Do you have any advice for people that might be looking into 
their family business or who are already in their family business, how they can be a little more diplomatic or get their point across? Any experience on that? I'd say the hardest thing is depending on levels of where the top of the, the ladder is. You know, if if the top of the ladder is kind of, you know, stubborn in their ways. And, uh, you know, at times it does happen here too. Um, but, you know, I think it's so important that um, at some point, hopefully my son or daughter, you know, they're going to have new ideas and stuff changes. You just got to be open to being innovative. And, um, you know, my parents have been blessed that it's been word by mouth and insurance companies, they have such a good rep that they get sent so many patients. But, you know, without a website, you know, it's hard to be found on Google. And um, I don't know if you see my logo, but that was my vision is I wanted to have the same color coordination that Google is so that it's something that you could recognize. And um, it's something that you're comfortable. You know, when I search and I go on Google, it's just a comfortability. And um, it's funny. I never knew a lot of this, but there are different. And I didn't know this before I picked the colors, but there are different um there's different meanings to colors to when a business picks a certain color of what they're trying to represent. I had no idea of that, but it was cool to see. Um, and I totally don't remember exactly what the colorful coordination is, but like, you know, like Windows, Google. I wanted something that people have already seen before, but I wanted to make sure to in integrate the brain and the spine because the first things you're born with is the brain and spine, and it's the most important functions of your body. Super interesting. I didn't know that that's how the your logo came about to yep. be. And for anyone listening that might not know what the logo looks like, um, it's kind of like a 2D, uh, what you imagine a brain would be from the side and different sectors are cut up into different colors. So I really like how you utilize that like uh, Google mentality to incorporate the other colors. It's, it's unique. Mm -hmm. So kind of talk, um, dive into your uh, athletic care program. Sure. Um, so for athletes at this point, I'm really focusing on the elite athlete when I'm to performance training. Um, and I take like a plyometric speed and strength approach. So, um, there's a lot of hand-eye coordination with that as well. Um, but they're getting plenty of strength training outside here and, um, different levels of exercises. But in here, I really focus on different movements coordinated to their, um, sport. So, um, with hand-eye coordination, um, you know, I work on, it's, it started with the receiver, you know, so it's very easy. Receivers need to catch the ball. So when you do hand-eye drills with a receiver, that's their bread and butter is catching the ball. That's literally their paycheck. You know, if they catch the ball, they're going to be great. Um, but then incorporating that with the fighter and the defense alignment, you know, there's certain movements where when you rip, um, just being able to have the hand-eye coordination, you're tracking the brain. So having that fast repulse impulse um, is huge. And for the fighters, think about hand-eye coordination. If, if you're not super fast with everything, you're going to get caught. And when you get caught, you're on the floor. Um, so it's definitely important. Um, and then we do different sort of agility type stuff. But I try to really focus on speed and strength. And um, if you really take any exercise finding the baseline you have speed on one scale and then you have strength on the other so if you're only focusing on strength that's what i call like my bodybuilder or if it was an offense alignment um, even the offense alignment is going to be a little less than just solely strength but then like your track star is going to be speed where they're just focused on straight cardio they're going to be very skinny so that way they're um, aerodynamic and very fast 
so we try to get really close to the perfect balance of that so that way it's focused on full levels and how did you kind of have your uh your start in that did you have a background yourself in athletics sure so i played three sports in um, high school i played basketball football and lacrosse um and sports has been part of my life my entire life um i feel like i had a ball in my hand when i first was out of the womb um and then after high school i coached at st andrews for five years um and one of my success stories is one of my players who's up there, uh, Jake Vargas. I told him from the get-go, he had a full ride to go to um, play lacrosse at Michigan, which is his family's dream. They all went to Michigan. Um, and I told him, you're good enough to be in the NFL if you focus and go hard. He got a scholarship to play North Carolina football, and now he's on a Minnesota Vikings. So um, if you could set your mind to something and – truly believe and invest in something really anything is possible definitely and to have an advisor someone like yourself that believed in him and was able to show him like you really have the talent for that for sure That's we cool had a great have. coaching staff there who you know always was very positive and um really pushed him really hard to get to where he got to so i have a couple or a larger majority of the listeners are athletic themselves they're into lifting and trying to uh, become the best version of themselves. What advice do you have for them to balance their um, the yin side of their training, but also the restorative rest sure. yang side of their training? So, I preach this to all my athletes. Um, I mean, you know, it's good stuff. It's stuff we didn't talk about earlier, but I call it the Wolverine treatment. You know, I don't know if you watch Marvel, but Wolverine's able to withhold tons of damage, and then his body self heals. So I, I, it's putting through your body through the test. So whatever training you're doing, doing it intensely, doing it to 110%, you know, really trying to get a really good workout. Um, but then with the really good workout, a lot of people just are very focused on the workout. You have to focus on the recovery and bringing in some sort of stretching. I, I love yoga. Um, Pilates is great too because it's really focused on core. But yoga allows to have, everyone needs some sort of meditation, whether it's prayers or sleeping or in your shower. Um, but yoga really finds a good way of just being able to self-reflect and relax and incorporate a lot of stretches. Um, and if you're not recovering, you're not really able to give your all or function at your best or perform at your best. And a lot of times doing the recovery portion will help with injury prevention. Another thing I talk about is Make sure you're doing your salt baths, Epsom salt bath. Um, between 10 to 15 minutes, one cup, do your soaks. It's just going to keep your body right. There's just little tricks here and there. There's magnesium sulfate in the Epsom salt, and that helps with muscle aches. So, um, you know, if recovering just as hard as you train is so important, and that's why I love chiropractic because I'm able to do the modalities that you've seen in here. And then definitely the adjustment is crucial because it gets that nervous system just right to function optimally do you have any success stories from any athletes that came in here and started utilizing some of your practices and then they made the switch and they're like dude i feel brand new um you know i don't want to throw out names i i definitely worked with really successful athletes and um i'm sure that they have utilized um they i know they do appreciate me um and they you know, I get personal messages from them, um, 
but there's none that I'd like to just, you know, put out there. I, you know, for me, um, like I said, from the beginning, reputation's everything for me and their built trust is, um, I think that's why I get such a good word that gets passed around is because it's really a level of trust, you know, and a lot of people want to just, um, be part of an athlete on the, just the side of their fame rather than really just getting to know them on an individual standpoint and, um, being able to work with them, it's a privilege, you know, and to maintain that privilege is, it's everything for me. Cause like I said, it's, it's that side of that is my passion. Very interesting. And what are some things that you've learned working with your athletic clients that you've gone around and applied to your more, would you call it your consumer level clients? Um, so patient wise, I would say that I treat every patient the same from the most elite athlete to just the everyday patient, everyone gets the best version of me. I, I There's no difference between the elite athlete and the individual. Um, the only difference I would say would be mainly um, the athletes going to come in with a bunch of different things day to day just due to their, how they, whatever sport they play or what they do. Um, and typically someone who's sitting behind a desk is going to have the same levels of discomfort in the same areas most likely in, unless they like started to move or lift something heavy. Um, and then with the athlete, um, making sure that it's, they're really taking care of their body because their body is what's going to provide them a career and their foundation for the rest of their career. Um, pretty much the more that someone wants to invest into their visit, the more I'm going to invest into them. You know, I have the information to provide to them. You know, if someone wants to come here and get out of pain, we could do that. But, you know, you know my purpose. My purpose is really to change your life, to have a healthy lifestyle forever. Excellent. And one thing I wanted to ask you about, when you do have uh, patients coming in or athletes coming in, what are some of their misconceptions that they bring with them? What are the misconceptions? Yeah. Um so are you saying misconceptions of chiropractic? Uh, yeah, let's go with that. Okay. Um, two big misconceptions would be one I would say is, um, do you need to get adjusted for the rest of your life? Um, that's a big question I get asked all the time. And the answer is yes, it's simple. If you go to a dentist, do you go to a dentist one time in your life and then you're done? No, you go regularly. I go three times a year to get my teeth cleaned because um, I think it's so important to keep your teeth. I have one set of teeth. I want my teeth to be my teeth as long as they can be my teeth. Same with your spine. You have one set of spine. So through day-to-day operations, disc will degenerate. Um, that's normal, but we want to slow that process down. We want to keep things moving. Um, and um, through the adjustments, that's what's going to allow your body to really just function at its whole and be able to be mobile and flexible. So people come in with the misconception that they're just going to see you one time, things are good from there. Well, that brings that's a great um, secondary segment. Um, the second misconception is pain. So people come in here from their insurance companies, and insurance companies only want to provide for pain relief. Um, and chiropractic is very good at alleviating pain, but you could hurt on your right side of, you know, you could have pain that travels down your leg, 
but I'm not treating your calf because you have pain that radiates to your calf. I'm treating your low back because that's where it starts. So chiropractors treat the spine and allow for proper function. Once we allow for proper function and you get adjusted, pain's going to start to go away. And so like if you have pain that radiates down your leg, or let's say you have pain that radiates down your arm, in the leg you're going to treat the lower lumbar, and depending on where it is based on the exam, and slowly it starts to be lessened from the l most distal point to the most proximal point. Um, and then same with the hand. So if, if it was pain that travels down to your arm and hand, the pain will start to subsidize typically from your hand to your arm all the way back up to your neck. Um, and then once you're out of pain, it's about maintaining just being flexible and your spine health. Um, it's about how you're going to be later in life. You know, I want to be moving for the rest of my life, you know, and, you know, with my patients, I also talk about the body as a whole. So it's talking about the foundation of nutrition. And I know we'll touch base on that later, but nutrition, fitness, um, and chiropractic care and recovery. So it's about maintaining flexibility, essentially. Awesome. And sticking with uh, misconceptions, personally, when you were coming into the field, did you have any misconceptions? It's hard to have a misconception in chiropractic. I, I would say because I grew up in chiropractic and my father's a chiropractor. It's really what I knew. So like, you know, my friend gets a cold. He goes to the primary care physician and takes cough medicine. You know, I get adjust. I, I get sick. I get adjusted and, you know, let my body work with its immune system. Um, I didn't really take medications really growing up. I wasn't on Adderall for paying attention. Um, we kind of think of the body as a whole and just let it run its course holistically. Um, you know, if I had a fever, of course, my parents would take the precautions, but, um, that's one thing I did learn in school, you know, fever is actually a good thing. Fever is killing the virus, you know, a lot of, and unless it goes above 105, you know, even 103 or above would be considered, you know, something you want to monitor, but a fever itself is killing a virus. So, you know, that's what your body's doing. It's it's innate intelligence. Your body's trying to keep you alive every day. So when you get sick, it makes you healthy. Um, and we went on this rant. I don't remember the initial, oh, my misconception in the right. field. Um, like I said, because I grew up with chiropractic, um, I guess the, hard, the, the main thing was when I was a kid, I didn't truly understand what my father did. I knew people went in, felt amazing after. And then eventually I started to learn, like, what the adjustment really is and how... Um, if you look at physicians all through history of the world, they always say look into the spine for the cure of disease. You know, movement of the spine creates most function in the brain. So that's how impactful an adjustment is. When you get adjusted, every time you get adjusted, it's a stimulant to the brain as well. So um, every vessel, every organ, every muscle, every nerve stems from the spine and brain. So it's pretty impactful if you think about that. No, I never knew that, so I appreciate you sharing, and I'm sure everyone learned something from that. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about was turning to the side of advice. What advice do you have for anyone listening who really likes what we're talking about and probably doesn't see a chiropractic often, but they're starting to think maybe they should? What advice do you have for them to pick someone like yourself that takes more of a holistic approach? Sure. Um the first thing I'd say is, you know, with all the social media and all the technology on the web, you know, do your research. 
in chiropractic, we have many different realms. Um, most practitioners are family wellness, so they'll see anybody, but there are neurology, um, sports medicine, pediatrics, and people who focus on pregnant women within the field. And if you know, you're looking for that specialty, um, for example, I took an extra certification in Webster technique to treat pregnant women. Um, anyone could treat pregnant women, but it's just a technique that's very um, effective and it really focuses on working on the um, pregnant women well. Um, so essentially just looking at the web, finding out, you know, there's tons of different ways of searching and finding someone who kind of represents you, you know, what you could see yourself. Also the insurance companies, if you have, if you're trying to use someone with insurance, they also will find someone to network for you. And also sticking of advice, what about anyone listening to the conversation who wants to um, become a practitioner themselves? Sure. Um, there's a bunch of schools out there. Um, my father was a Palmer grad. I was a Palmer grad. My wife's a Palmer grad. I think it's essential to um, kind of do your research, see which school fits you. I would shadow a chiropractor. Like I told you in the first one, I'm always open to anyone coming to shadow my office. Um, be a patient see what it's like to go through the realm of getting adjusted and getting treatment, see if it is for you. Um, but I have to be biased. Uh, nothing against any of the other schools. I, I thought Palmer was a fantastic experience and really was very neutral ground where um, just like in any field, there's, you know, um, where you're so one-sided or so the other sided, but it really does a full approach to the education of where we get a basis of everything and what were like the biggest takeaways you got from going to palmer um one takeaway was that i had an all-star team of professors my professors were unbelievable um like it was just, that was a blessing in itself you know like my professor who taught neurology is one of the leaders of the chiropractic neurology fields like he could tell you anything about the brain essentially um, those professors were just so high into all of the um, subjects that they taught that it was super successful and um, my colleagues you know you met great friends there and people who are like-minded and I met my wife there so um, special place special place yeah nice and Sticking to like the mentor subject, are there any other mentors that you had besides the Palmer and your father? Um, you know, it's funny. I wouldn't say I really had until chiropractic school. There's a there's a doctor named Reggie Gold, um, and if anyone listening to this could watch anything about chiropractic there's a really good interview called the chiropractic great debate it's on youtube and reggie gold um his wife irene gold who also tutored me and she tutored her tutor subject for boards probably 70 to 80 percent of all the chiropractors practicing in the field um they're a big influence in chiropractic for sure and is there any specific um reading material that you'd suggest um you know 
are you talking about for going to chiropractic school or yeah, yeah I would say you know practice if you study exercise science um, and then shadow some chiropractors I think that'll give you a general knowledge any sort of biology or science background would really make your life a little bit easier while going through school and uh, taking a turn um, like you mentioned bringing the 21st century to your family's practice what are some of the newer treatment methods that you've been playing around with sure um, the funny thing about chiropractic is it started in 1895 and if you think about it in 1895 they were adjusting my hands and I literally do the same thing since 1895 so um, it's one of those things if, it's, if it ain't broke don't fix it right you know one thing my mom always preached to me going through school is become the best adjuster you could be because that's what chiropractic is. Know everything you can. So, you know, there's definitely f pure, uh, my colleagues are very focused on one specific technique. I wanted to know as many techniques as possible and try to be proficient. So that way that I could do whatever if someone comes in here um, and needs specific care for that thing. Um, and um, I kind of lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, are there any... Uh, oh, so the technique-wise. Right. Yeah, so we brought Arthur Stimulation. So Arthur Stimulation is a device where it kind of focuses on adjusting the curves. So in your neck, mid-back, and low-back, you have different curves. So you have a lordosis in your neck, lordosis in your lower back, and a kyphosis in your mid-back. So kind of that S... Um, but it's a proper S. It's not like a scoliosis. So we're working on the um, joints, trying to keep that curve correct. So like a lot of people you'll see where their neck is coming forward, we're trying to recreate that cervical curve. So in your neck to make that curve better. So a lot of people are looking down on their phones. Um, and, you know, I tell my friends all the times, and when I'm doing, a, if I'm doing a speech for the public, um, a lot of times I'll bring up posture and as soon as you bring up the word posture, you know, everyone starts to sit up and start sitting straight, but you know, posture is really just everything. Um, but that, and then my family's had e-stim and cold laser for years. Um, one thing I did bring was cupping and then, um, I have the Normatech decompression boots, which, um, pretty much what it does, it decompresses from your feet all the way to your thighs. So it's transmitting blood and it's transmitting lymph. So it really does well, keeps your legs fresh. And through all those different techniques, what do you see patients really liking the most? Um, you know, you come to a chiropractor, you're getting adjusted, you know, so the adjustment itself is going to be the most beneficial for the patient. Um, but, you know, if, for pain, these modalities do work really well. So if someone was coming in here severe pain, the electric muscle stem is very good at alleviating that. Um, cold laser is good for acute inflammation. Um, so like if you sprain your ankle and it starts to swell up, cold laser is really good for that. The decompression boots are fantastic for everyday use for like athletes or if someone has radiculopathy. So that means that there's a pain in their lower back where it presses on a nerve and it travels all the way down to the legs. Or if they have like paresthesia, so like numbness and tingling in the feet, the decompression boots are great with that. Um, and then the cupping is just fantastic for muscle soreness or trying to create vasodilation, which means dilating the blood, making the blood um, promote healing, essentially. 
And sticking to like we were saying earlier about posture, what do you what advice do you have for people at home that they could just do in their daily life to where they necessarily won't have to come to a chiropractor as often? Sure. So I always provide at home stretches. Um, so one that I always tell people to do for lower back pain or, you know, if you just get stiff in the morning is these knee raisers. So you're going to put two hands on the wall and then you're just going to bring your knee to your chest. I like a, a double motion. So what that'll do is it'll put synovial fluid in your lower back um, at the SI joint. So um, it really allows for free movement. So synovial fluid is like your body's WD-40. So, um, and then also wall angels are fantastic. You know, where you put your arms, you're going to be 90-90. Your head's going to be on the wall, mid-back, your glutes, your feet are going to be three inches off. And then you climb up and then you climb back down. Um, and there's different variations of that depending on your shoulder range of motion. Um, and then there's cat-cow. There's, there's so many different little exercises to do that I provide for my patients and because I know how important it is. If I give the exercises and they are, um, if they do them at home, it's really going to benefit the care that they get throughout their treatment plan to where it's going to speed up the process and allow for the adjustment to hold longer. And what are some of the greatest things that you've learned being a practitioner and taking care of people? Um, resilience and something I always wanted to bring to this is, um, just like you see above there, impossible is nothing. You know, it doesn't matter what anyone tells you, what other, any other physician tells you, you know, there is a chance, you know, no one can play the role, whether you believe it or not of God, you know, whatever's going to happen, you know, belief, if you take that away, it'll never happen. But if you're able to keep the ability to believe there's a chance for something positive to happen. Um, and with treating people a lot, you know, I see less of it than my father did, but some people are the patient where they're been around to every physician, you know, no one knows what's going on. Um, and they they tell me I'm their last resort and to get them feeling great. It's, you know, they'll never forget you. And then they tell you to the next person, you know, where they didn't want to see for whatever reason. And our generation, it's much different. Um, but my parents and your parents' generation and above, you know, sometimes they're a little bit reluctant to go to the chiropractor. But um, once they come in here, they're like, man, I've been messing out for a long time. What do you think? Um, why do you see that apprehension in older generations versus like we were speaking on earlier, like uh, younger generations are starting to realize more about their health? Sure. I think part of it is the basis of um you know medical feedback and symptoms you know um i have to have this symptom to get this treatment and um for years people have been associating like this happens i need this medication um and you know certain people based on how they've taken care of themselves throughout their life need certain medications and some things are genetic some things are congenital congenital meaning they're born with it um and thank God for those medications to keep them going and symptomatic free. But for like the day-to-day -day operation, you know, um, I'm big against opioids. You know, there's an opioid huge issue, you know, there, I would call an epidemic issue of opioids, you know, and um, chiropractic is fantastic to alleviate pain. You know, it's not the goal. The goal is to take care of the spine where there's a problem. But 
to get people off painkillers is it's a phenomenal thing you know um so i think the apprehension comes from things that are passed down what they're told but as soon as i see them you know that usually it's always the response of why haven't i done, tried it sooner so you must love seeing that that shift in their thinking oh, for them to see that there's a new way definitely. or uh, another way of doing things definitely and the beautiful thing is i have um friends that i've built through the field where i've um neurosurgeons i have neurologists i have orthopedic surgeons um, primary care physicians we do um health screenings and um provide different treatments at the bethesda hospital every now and then for the nurses for their nurse appreciation week um that you know doors that you would never think would open up for a chiropractor but you know people are realizing like this is a great fit within the model of promoting health and um it's, it should be instead of it being a last resort but a first resort to alleviate their problems isn't that so interesting how i i guess the old way of viewing things was just like you said about opioids like just putting someone on a medication instead of like you were saying people would come to your practice as the last resort sure uh, you know it's um it's unfortunate and they're finding out you know west virginia has a 25 treatment rule before you're allowed to prescribe opioids i believe from the last i read um i think it's a great thing you know i, I think um you know there is a time and place for cortisone shots essentially um and there is a time and place for painkillers i think you know to prevent them at all costs because anything you put into your body has a chemical reaction so um it creates problems down the road that you didn't have when you first started so it's one thing that i'd prefer to try to have people avoid of course so you love helping people uh find their inner strength and see that there's a a better way to go about things what are some other things that you love about your practice sure i'm just gonna touch base on the inner strength it's not only inner strength you have an immune system you have a nervous system you know your body's fighting every day to keep you at optimal strength that's what people forget People want to rely on a doctor to take care of them. You know, it's so funny. If you think about it, you're relying on a different individual to take care of yourself. It starts from within, you know, and that's what I try to talk about with my patient. You know, if you do nutrition. If you do, um, you know, a healthier lifestyle, it your, your body starts taking care of itself. Your body is built to heal you. Your body's built to take care of you. But if you abuse it, just like anything, if you abuse anything, it dies off and then you become reliant. And we talked about in the other podcast, let food be the medicine and medicine be the food. If you eat the right things, medicine is the food you eat. If you eat the wrong things, the pills are your new food. Um, so I think, you know, health first mentality type thing. Right. And when you're able to help people with that out, Oh, this is what I wanted to ask. Do you have any uh, certain like success stories that inspire you to keep pushing boundaries and help as many people as you can? Definitely. Um, so I've been only doing this for two years, um, and I'm very fortunate for the people that I've been blessed to see. Um, and um, in practice, um, there's a kid who came to me two days before my wedding, and he told me he found me on social media. He came with his mom and sister and he said, I, I see the stuff that you do on the social media. 
um, I can you please help me? You know, at the hospital they told me I would never walk again. Um, I just wanted to give this a try and see what you could do. So the first day I had him stand up from his wheelchair just like this. I just want you to stand with two legs. You could use your hands, and he just stood up just like this, and we did that five times. And from watching him do that, I said, one day you're going to walk out of my door. And when I said that to him, I knew I was going to get him to walk. I didn't know to what extent or what level of walking it was going to be. And throughout the care, we definitely had some plateau moments. But after five treatments, he took his first three steps forward and backwards. And then we did some walking in the chair. We did a lot of walking with the wheelchair initially. And all this treatment was done by adjustment by hand, activator, which is a tool that we use in chiropractic, and um, cold laser. And four months later, he came in no wheelchair, no crutches, just walking himself, and he's walking very functional. So the impact in his life is life-changing forever. And he was told he would never walk again, and now he's walking. So, I mean, that it gives me chills every time I talk about that story. No, that's huge to literally change the, the outlook on someone's life. That's incredible. So I appreciate you sharing that with everyone, and I hope everyone can learn to use that story to help inspire someone else. For sure. Uh, one of the other questions I wanted to ask you, more related to your business and the practice, if you had an extra budget of, let's say, $100,000, how would you spend it and why? If I had $100,000, it would be, um, it would really depend. It would depend on, do I just put it towards different modalities and equipment? Or do I start the process of building my dream center, which is a full wellness facility? You know, this practice in here has been perfect. It's the perfect space. It's been going well. Um, very fortunate to be part of a family business and kind of just blend in and eventually um, have this place. In the same sense, I have a vision of a, you know, big wellness center, um, where everything is just a little bit bigger and just a little bit more equipment. But, um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, most adjustments are, all adjustments are done by my hand. So uh, as long as I got those, that's the most important thing. It's the bread and butter, like you were saying Exactly. Earlier. Could be done anywhere. We don't have to have a table. We could do it on the ground, you know, couch. I'm well-versed, you know, it's, you got to improvise sometimes and um, at every family gathering, someone's going to get adjusted, you know, with a wife, father and me, you know, everyone's looking to get adjusted when they come visit. You must be the, like the life of the party. I think <laughs> it comes up, you know, at parties, I'll ne I will never adjust anyone outside of the office who is not family because two things is um, you're not getting the ability to do a proper exam. And the second thing is you're giving a misrepresentation of chiropractic. You know, then people are thinking the sole thing is just hearing the sound of the pop, which the pop is fantastic for you. It's fantastic for me, but it's not the sole purpose of the adjustment itself. It's getting specific, finding the immovable segment and making sure that that gets adjusted and allowing for proper function throughout your body. Do you ever see like going to any conferences in your field? Like, do you see guys that kind of go against what you were saying? In what sense? Uh, just going around and starting to 
give people adjustments randomly? Well, the the most um, the higher percentage would be of people thinking that it is not good to just go out and adjust anyone out without taking an exam or doing an exam. Um, but, you know, it does happen. And, um, and, and an exam doesn't have to be long. You know, you could do a brief exam just like I did with you, just finding out things. Um, but it just gives a misrepresentation. And But if you go to a conference, every person is getting adjusted. And it's, you know, that by different chiropractors, you know. Um, but I, I can provide an adjustment anywhere at any time. You know, it's just, I wouldn't go to a bar and, and someone come up to me and say, Hey, can I get adjusted? It's just, you know, that's not how it happens. You know, we, you have to go through the procedure of evaluating and making sure that th there's a fit. Um, and if there's a fit, you know, you're going to get an adjustment. So what advice do you have for people at home that do like to, like we were talking about earlier, you know, crack their neck and do all these things. Do you advise that? I don't think it's going to be the worst thing you do that day. Over time, it can be detrimental because you're moving movable segments and um, you're not really a, doing an adjustment. You're just moving movable segments and over time you can create hypermobility. Um, and, you know, when you're getting a specific adjustment, you're getting adjustment for the non-movable segment instead of just the movable segments. It's essentially a gas release where synovial fluid allows for that cavitation. Okay. So would you advise for people to... I would advise people not to be self-adjusting, not to self-crack. If, you know, that's how you want to word it, the popping, you know, every now and then just to get a quick alleviation, that's fine, but... You know, I wouldn't recommend definitely not to be just, you know, cavitating your neck every single day because you're moving things that don't have to be moved. Have you seen the, the I don't know if I'd call it a classic one, but where um, you'll stand in front of someone, cross your arms, and they'll pick you up and kind of... Bear hug you? Bear hug you sure. and crack your back? Same concept. It's nonspecific. You're just moving everything and anything. They're not trained in giving a proper adjustment, even bone setting or, you know, they're not osteopath, they're not chiropractors, you know, they don't know what they're doing and it can cause more damage than good. I do see patients who come in where they'll say that their wife walked on their back or Oof. did different things, you know, the whole bear hug, and then you got to adjust them um, because they've created more harm than good by thinking that was going to help them. Because think about this too, you have your rib cage too. So if you don't know what you're doing, I do not recommend to provide any sort of um, adjusting relief. Very solid disclaimer there for people <laughs> at home. Yeah. Um, one of the other things I wanted to ask you is how do you continue uh, to learn? How do I, I, I research all the time. Um, I'm big into nutrition. Um, I'm always searching and researching. Um I I watch a lot of, believe it or not, YouTube videos on different things. You know, experience is based on knowledge, and usually you can't have knowledge without doing it yourself. Um, you could have the knowledge, but you're not going to have the full experience. Um, so I worded that a little bit wrong, but you got the concept. 
Um, I do read a lot and, you know, I'm kind of invested what interests me. And then anytime that someone has something specific to their needs as a patient, that's goes beyond, um, just my every day to day, I'll make sure that I do my due diligence and research and research and research and provide them the best of what they could have seen. Awesome. Uh, let's see here. There was another thing I really wanted to ask you. Oh, kind of going back to when you first started out, is there anything you'd wish you had known looking back? When I first started, is there anything I wish I knew? Um, give me a second to think about that. Take your time. Um, can't think of anything at the exact moment um I had a really good mentor in my clinic which I think like I said before like our professors were very very good my mentor also was who is so most people don't realize this but when you're in school you have to adjust 200 patients before you could go to your preceptor where then you follow I preceptor with my father where you go to an office and then you could be a preceptor doc who's a you're a still student but you're a physician with you're a student physician within someone's clinic so most people are doing exams I was fortunate to be able to do a lot of adjustments during that stage Um, but in your clinic you have mods where you're underneath a chiropractor and you're still a student and that's where you're kind of shaping up your skill set and really making sure your technique's really good um and he always said always be over cautious and it always stuck with me um his name was dr surgeon and he definitely mentored me very well he was very um good learning from my beginning stages essentially to become the doctor i am essentially you know he taught you the real world stuff that you're going to see in the field and um how to address it essentially so i was fortunate in that standpoint so he is able to share like you said a lot of his real world experience with you and is that something they covered at palmer it was like like you were saying it was very integrative with yeah definitely towards the later stages um obviously in the beginning you know we go through the entire body from head to toe through cadaver lab you know so majority of the beginning is getting the entire body down completely from the science aspect to philosophically um you know so there's a full general knowledge of the entire human frame um and then later on they start getting more into the outside of school life you know into the field um it's definitely an easier transition if you're a second generation going into your family practice um but i have a lot of colleagues that are friends who are doing very well outside who are doing it all on their own so we had definitely a very good background to do it by yourself as well and do you see any like um i wouldn't call it like groundbreaking but any advancements in the field coming up like where do you see the industry headed so there's different diplomates that people do where it's just extra studying to kind of be more gear focused like i was telling you with pediatrics or neurology um there's much more research that they're focusing on to provide that research out there um 
I wish that my big wish is that insurance companies would um, see the benefits to providing maintenance style care instead of just focusing on the pain care um, because that would take people away from pain care and not only that but you would also cut costs later in life for major issues rather than just throughout life having minor tweaks here and there. Why do you think that is that insurance companies focus more on pain care? I think that's the medical model. You know, it's sick care and not health care. Health care is about being healthy. Sick care is about treating symptoms. And the medical model is based off of sick care, treating symptoms, not based off keeping you healthy. You know, you don't go to your primary physician to, you know, not get medication or, you know, you go there when you're sick. You know, this is about really promoting health and living healthy and keeping your frame healthy. Okay. And as we round down here, we're getting close on time. Um, one of the last couple questions I wanted to ask. Oh, here we go. If you were to die tomorrow, what message would you leave behind? Sure. Um, if I died tomorrow, I would just hope we would have a healthier future um, and a more positive future. I, you know, everything right now is so negative, you know, and the news tries to bring attention to negative attention rather than positive. There's so much positive going on. If we could have more positive, it would be better for everyone, essentially, going forward. Um, and this continuation of health, you know, people are trying to be healthier. I think it's major. I think it's, you know, going to really benefit the next generation of society because it's just going to be better and healthier. Um, and then the only thing I could hope for before I die is that I could fulfill my, you know, my dreams. And part of that is building that center where it's just going to be, um, pretty much for all your basic needs, you know, essentially it's the complete holistic center. That's the final goal, you know? Um, and then potentially somehow somewhere, um, maybe being a team chiropractor for some professional team would be definitely a dream of mine as well. Cool. And do you have like a time frame roughly on doing your dream center? Um, that you could share and if not, I, I don't have the exact time frame. I'm probably thinking 10 years, maybe. Um, I don't want to give an exact time whenever it happens. It does happen. Um, I do believe in law of attraction. I don't know if you know anything of law of attraction, big fan, but if you truly put something into the future and totally believe, you know, it's going to happen, it happens. And for, a lot of times it, it does, so um, I'm banking on it. Excellent. Well, I want to appreciate you having having you on the show and making it two times. <laughs> Thank you for letting me have this opportunity to interview you and for everyone to take away some knowledge from this that they could apply in their everyday lives. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And um, we'll think of the first one as practice, and this was the perfected one, right? Exactly. There we go. So if you want to share with everyone uh, where you're at, kind of plug sure. where they could follow up with you. Sure. I'm in uh, Boynton Beach, Florida. I'm on uh, Military and Woolbright. 
on social media, it is Hoffman underscore chiropractic. And then I have a Facebook where it's just regularly Hoffman chiropractic. And uh, we're on Google. And anyone who wants to come shadow is more than welcome. And then anyone who needs chiropractic care obviously could come here. I'd love to help anyone. I highly recommend it. For anyone listening, I I came in a little earlier before the podcast and he gave me, you know, 20 minutes of his professional time and I felt great. So I can only imagine what someone would feel like after a full hour with you. Perfect. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Anytime. And thank you everyone for listening and I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you all for listening to myself and Dr. Jared Hoffman on the show today. I highly recommend if you already don't have a chiropractor, go to Dr. Jared Hoffman. He does some great stuff. He actually uh, put me through 30 minutes of uh, kind of like a consultation where he gave me an adjustment. We did some uh, cold laser therapy, muscle stim, all that cool stuff, you know, where they take your legs side by side and they show you one leg's longer than the other. I have my hip internally rotates somewhere and he corrected that and i was feeling great so if you don't already see chiropractor highly 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 recommend you go check out uh hoffman chiropractic and see what they got going on so everyone thank you for listening to the show enjoy the rest of your time holidays are coming around you might be doing some traveling so take these tips that we've shared with you and make the most out of your mobility Anyways, thank you guys for listening and tuning in. I appreciate each and every one of you and stay tuned for next week's episode. Much love, y'all. Peace.